God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. There's a very old sleight of hand game with a pebble under one of three small cups. The person running the trick places the pebble under one of the cups and then moves them all about, quickly moving the cups back and forth and around and around to endeavor to make you lose sight of where the pebble is. All the while, his mouth is moving, telling you to keep your eyes on the goal, to the right or to the left. Is it in the middle or on the side? Where does the pebble abide? Well, too often life does seem like a game where we're trying to keep our eyes on a goal and we get distracted and we lose. We lose time, we lose energy, we lose hope. The world is not set up for us to win. But the Word of God was written so that we could be complete and full, lacking nothing. Have you lost sight of what is true? Have you lost the point for all that you do? Are you distracted from where you really want to go? Let me help you get back on track. Give a listen. It only takes a second or two to be distracted and end up with dire consequences. A friend of mine was traveling with three friends on motorcycles down the freeway several years ago. He was the last one in line. He was distracted by a car next to him, but for a moment. He turned his head to look, and when he turned back, there was a disabled car in the carpool lane he was traveling in, and he slammed into the back of it at 65 miles an hour. By the grace of God, he lived. He has titanium rods in one of his legs now, but miraculously he survived with just the broken leg and a dislocated shoulder. It only took a second of distraction. In 1631, a printing house in London was endeavoring to print a new copy of the King James Bible. And in a moment of distraction, the printer left out one word in one of the Ten Commandments. This version of the Bible has become known as the Wicked Bible or the Adulterous Bible because the word not was deleted from the Sixth Commandment, making it, Thou shalt commit adultery. Distractions can be very costly or embarrassing or shaming or painful. There have been many laws written to stop people from doing things that distract them while driving. Many people have lost their lives because of a distracted driver. And now new cars are being designed so that everything is easily accessible with the least amount of distraction to the driver. How are you living your life in a world full of distraction? By sleight of hand and misdirection, the illusionist hides his actions and his trick seems like magic. With flair and with flourish, he gestures high and low, taking your eyes away from what is real and true. By twist of word and ambiguity, the advertiser speaks, emphasizing the mundane and embellishing the half-truth. Through sex appeal and the lust of the flesh, he captures, planting a seed of desire to have what you don't need. Replacing relationship with religion, the enemy takes us away. Rules and regulations shadow the heart of a loving father. Performance and perfection brings shame and guilt and separation. Looking inward instead of upward takes our eyes from the true God. The truth is God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. 
and so we became his beloved children in whom he is well pleased. Redeemed, sanctified, justified, and made righteous by Christ's blood, identified with him now through his cross, the victory has been won. You're a winner. You are more than a conqueror. You're always caused to triumph. You're seated at the right hand of God. And I could go on and on and on with elements of our true identity of who we've been made in Christ. You know, I really shouldn't leave out also that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. These are the truths that we can find scattered all throughout the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I'm distracted by the economy going up and down. I'm distracted by what the news says about inflation. And on and on and on. So where are we getting our information? Jesus warned us about listening to others in the first phrase of Mark chapter 4 verse 24. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. He was speaking parables to them, and he had just said one of his trademark phrases, He that hath ears to hear, let them hear. But what is it that we are hearing? Who or what are we listening to? I have said it many times in other podcasts that I don't listen to the news. Depending on which station or channel you listen to, it will determine the slant with which that company delivers the news. What is reported in America is very different at times than what is reported in other nations. Most of us have heard in the past how communist governments totally distorted what was going on in America and around the world. That goes far beyond distraction, but my point is, what are we listening to? Consider this warning in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word conformed in this verse is transliterated into English as the word schematics. Schematics are plans or diagrams from which something is built. God is telling us not to be built according to the world's design. The world wants to remove the truth from us. The world, a.k.a. the devil and his plans, are out to steal from us, or kill us, or destroy us. It is our choice whether or not to allow ourselves to be built according to his design. But as we allow our minds to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we will prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, the word of God being the will of God. So whose words are you choosing and allowing to conform or transform you? One of the greatest distractions in our lives is our identity. All too often, we identify ourselves by what we do or what we have done or by what we haven't done, right or wrong. I sinned today, therefore I am a sinner. Or I could confess my sin and be a forgiven one. I could realize that I was made righteous by the blood of Jesus. I could think of myself as a new creation. I could remind myself that I should put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Identity is a real big deal. To be identified as a citizen of a nation, 
one born in that nation as opposed to a visitor, makes a huge difference in one's civil rights. Some visitors have very few rights in certain countries. But we are citizens of heaven. We live far above this world if we choose to assert our heavenly citizenship. The quality of our life all comes from how we think. And we're taught how to do so in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. There are eight different subjects mentioned in this verse. They are things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, with virtue, and with praise. This is what you are commanded to think about. The first one is to think what is true. This one's great because it deals with the misdirection that the world endeavors to throw at us from all quarters. We are to think what is real or reality. Instead of guessing about something, instead of accepting half-truths, instead of accepting gossip, instead of listening to others, we go to the source of a matter and find out and think what is true, what is real, not fake. There would be a lot less junk posted on social media and in the news if people would think what is true. The word literally means that which is uncovered. There's no hidden agenda underneath but all is truly revealed. Then there's the next one about thinking what is honest. Most other translations beside the King James use the word honorable instead of honest. The root word in the Greek has the connotation of reverence or worship. One version uses the word noble. Instead of thinking about gossip and trivia and temporal things, we are to think that which is noble, something that can be reverenced. What do we waste time thinking about that has no relevance to what's really going on in our lives? We need to stop renting space in our brains to those things that don't last. There are six more qualities of what we are to think that I don't have time to speak about. Just, pure, lovely, of good report, with virtue, and with praise. That's your homework assignment now. But let me talk about good report for a quick moment. Do you want people knowing what you think about? I've heard the question asked, would you like your thoughts to be published on the front page of the local newspaper? We are all guilty of momentary lapses of judgment when we think about unjust actions against those that hurt us, impure thoughts, things that are not lovely or endearing, and that would not qualify as virtuous and definitely would not get praise from God towards us. The opposite of these things we are to think about are all distractions from what is godly. What do we daydream about? What are our goals and aspirations? Many years ago in Bible college, they gave us an assignment to write down what we think about each hour. When you stop at the end of an hour and take inventory of where your thought patterns are going, they can be quite sobering. And I believe we're taught to be sober. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. One of my repeated prayers for the children of God and the world 
is for us to be awakened. It's so easy to be lulled to sleep. The world is singing a lullaby of lies, and it's so easy to be taken out by its song. Being asleep is the deepest part of distraction. It's not a momentary misdirection, but one that has taken root within our hearts. We've come to believe a lie to be the truth. We are instructed here in 1 Thessalonians to wake up and watch and be sober, to be cool, calm, and collected. It's not time to be scatterbrained. And with so many things bombarding us, we really need to keep our eyes open and pay attention. I've mentioned it a number of times before in other episodes that the Lord gave me a phrase many years ago to help me keep my thoughts in the right place. He told me, pray more, think less. I haven't yet made a t-shirt of it, but I'm sure it would raise a few eyebrows and perhaps a couple of voices. What do you mean, think less? What God was getting at in this admonition is that thinking tends to be wasteful. It tends towards anxiety and doubt and worry and fear. Prayer leads to connection and tranquility and answers. The truth is God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And so we become his beloved children in whom he is well pleased. Redeemed, sanctified, justified, and made righteous by Christ's blood. Identified with him now through his cross, the victory has been won. We must keep our minds in fight to keep them on track and not let ourselves get distracted and go the wrong way. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament from my youth has been Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Our heart is the center of our being, and we are to keep it with all diligence. This means we spend all our time and effort to protect our heart. The word translated keep here is used in reference the very first time, to God keeping mercy for thousands. Since we know his mercy endures forever, he's really protecting that mercy. The second use of this word, keep, is used when God kept Israel as the apple of his eye. The apple of the eye refers to the pupil. Right now, open your eyes wide and take a finger and try and touch your eyeball. You'll notice that your eyelid automatically shuts when your finger gets close. It's a reflex action of protection. We are to keep our heart in such a manner. Why? Because out of it are the issues or borders of life. How big a territory you live in is determined by the strength and quality residing within your heart. Take some time in the next day or two or three to inventory what you think about. Might be time, even in winter, for some mental spring cleaning. Life's too short to be distracted. God bless and thanks for listening today. As always, I'm looking forward to hearing your comments through my Facebook page, Yesterday Ended, or via email dmdobbin at sbcglobal.net. Have a great day.